Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, I'm not even going to try and hide how excited I am about this. Uh, Revelations chapter 12 is just a cool chapter in Revelation, and it's the coolest way to look at the Christmas story. Um, and ironies of ironies, just this last week, one of my favorite authors in the entire world, his name is Chad Bird. Um, if you do not follow him on social media, you should right now. I won't even be offended if you pull your phone out um, and just find him and follow him on Instagram, Facebook. His writing is phenomenal. And he, this last week, wrote something up that was like, you know, the best Christmas story is Revelation 12, and nobody ever reads that on Christmas. And I was like, ooh, 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 ooh. So I sent him a message. Um, I, I happen to know him outside of the, the professional world. He was a professor at the other seminary um, for a while, but I did get to hang out and talk to him a couple of times. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that we're friends, but I did actually get to say to him, we're actually doing, he blew his mind. He's like, I can't believe you're doing Revelation 12 on Christmas Day, because it is different, to, to say the least. Um, this is the woman and the dragon. If you're visiting today, we're walking through all of Revelation, and the, the main pieces of Revelation are three sevenfold visions. So there's a, a vision that's, that's got seven pieces to it, and then there's some stuff, and then another vision with seven things to it, and now we're at the end of that, and there's like an interlude, chapters 12 through about 14, and then we're going to have another sevenfold vision. So this is like kind of a pause and a break, and the Lord is revealing to John. So the, the sevenfold visions are, are things that are happening on earth um, with, of course, heavenly ramifications. But this is like a pause in between to say, now here's cosmically what is going on in the background. Um, I've been sort of using the analogy of like World War II with these three different visions. You could look at the, the whole of World War II just from the ground campaign and ignore all of the, the innovations that, that came in the air campaign. Or you could look at it just from the air campaign or just the Pacific campaign. So different ways to look at the very same event. That's kind of the threefold visions. Revelation 12 is more like stepping back and saying, what was going on geopolitically at the time? What was going on in the background that led up to Germany, the, the Allied and the Axis and all of these things? What was going on around the world that got us to this point? So this is, this is a pause in the story, and now John is seeing the background. He's, he's seeing all the other stuff that had happened, is happening, will continue to happen, but it's the background stuff. So this is Revelation Chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. And a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. She was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on his head seven diadems. His tail swept down a third of the stars of heaven and cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that when she bore her child, he might devour it. She gave birth to a male child, one who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. But her child was caught up to God and to his throne, and the woman fled into the wilderness 
where she has a place prepared by God in which she is to be nourished for 1,260 days. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who was called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angels were thrown down with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come, for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down, who accuses them day and night before our God. And they conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to you, O earth and sea, for the devil has come down to you in great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle, so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness, to the place where she is to be nourished for a time and a times and a half time. The serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman to sweep her away with a flood, but the earth came to, help, came to the help of the woman. And the earth opened its mouth and swallowed the river that the dragon had poured from its mouth. Then the dragon became furious with the woman and went off to make war on the rest of her offspring, on those who keep the commandments of God. And hold the testimony of Jesus. And he stood on the sand of the sea. This is the word of our Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I know that that sounds like a lot of strange stuff. <laughs> but hopefully you picked up a couple of things from our service last night into this morning. The first one are the angels last night. When they said to the shepherds, Behold, a child is born unto you, blah, 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 and this will be your sign. And a sign to you will be. It's said a couple of different times. The sign is the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in the manger. That same word is found here in our text this morning, right off the bat, and a great sign appeared in heaven, this woman. So already, these two events are connected just in that one word. That a sign is, is something that is a, a physical manifestation of God's kingdom here on earth. And so when we're reading Revelations chapter 12, we're immediately saying, okay, this is, this is a thing of God's kingdom manifested here on earth. And then as you read this, I know it doesn't sound like a great Christmas story, but there's definitely a pregnant woman. That's Christmassy, right? <laughs> and there's a baby. That sounds like Christmas. And the baby is going to be Lord of all things. Well, that sounds like Jesus, and you'd be right. That's, that's what this woman is. This woman, and it's, it's a sign, meaning it's, it's not just Mary, but it's going to be Mary and even more than that. But the, the woman giving birth, we understand in two different ways. One being, yes, Mary giving birth to the Christ child. But as we're going to find out in just a minute, it's also the church. 
the church that gives birth to offspring. That would be you guys <laughs> and all Christians. This is, this is the bigger story behind Christmas. It's, it's one thing to focus on the incarnation, God becoming flesh. It's, it's brilliant, amazing, and, and we can mine all kinds of beautiful theology and, and, and blessings as, as we mine out the gold that is the treasure the, of, of the incarnation, God becoming flesh, Emmanuel with us. But if we step back, we see a much bigger story, and that's what Revelation 12 is doing. It's showing us the cosmic war. That's really what's going on. First point in the sermon, the cosmic war. We're going to look at verse 12, 7 to 8, if you're following along. Now war arose in heaven, Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back, but he was defeated, and there was no longer any place for them in heaven. This story of the cosmic war happens sometime Obviously, clearly before or differently then. We've been talking a lot about time here in, in this sermon series as well. But, but by the time we have Adam and Eve being tempted, the war is clearly on. Because it's the devil who comes down and tempts Adam and Eve in the garden, Right? So we tend to think of that as the beginning of the story. As I've been tipping my hand the entire time is we, we read the Bible and the beginning of the story to us is really a lot of stuff was made, then people were made, then people fell into sin. That's the beginning of the story. Not really. Not only is it not the beginning of the story, sometimes when we read that as the beginning of the story, we read that as the most important thing of the story. People, Adam and Eve, and sin, and now the most important thing of this story is, what do we do about sin? And, and God does something about this sin. Well, in, in a way that can be true from our perspective, because it's the only thing that we experience. But there's this whole other thing that we don't experience, which is God and, and the devil. Angels and archangels were at war with one another, and in some ways the war still continues. We don't see that as a main part of the story because we're not involved. <laughs> right? It's got nothing to do with me. I'm, I'm not involved in the war. I'm, I'm not taking up arms against this, this cosmic battle. I'm, I'm not involved in that war. God and his angels are involved in that war. And something happens where having been defeated, Satan then begins to pursue that which God loves. It, it sort of makes sense in a, in a strange, evil, and, and twisted sort of way. And we're going to get to the, the end here <laughs> pretty quick. But <clears throat> I want to I stay for a second with this cosmic war where these are, these are angels who are ready for battle, ready to, to come and, and to wage war against one another. And we see in our song this morning, as, as we were singing it, it struck me, so I, I grabbed it quick online. <laughs> I love this. Uh, it came upon a midnight clear, the glorious song of old, from angels bending near the earth to touch their harps of gold. This is all beautiful song, Right? Peace on the earth, goodwill to men. From heaven, all gracious king, the world in solemn stillness lay to hear the angels sing. What a 
peaceful, lovely picture that's painting for us, right? Still through the cloven skies they come. As I was saying last night, it's almost like the the sky was ripped open. A tear in reality happens, and the angels step into our reality with peaceful wings unfurled, and still their heavenly music floats or all the weary world. Yeah, that's not what angels look like. I love the song. The song isn't incorrect because the song is saying that the angels are doing something of peace. But let's not be mistaken what that peace really looks like. As those peaceful wings unfurl, those wings are weapons of war. Right? Angels coming to the people in full army regalia. This is, if, if, you were, if you've ever served in the military, you might call it battle rattle, right? Fully geared up, armor plated. I'm not sure that they had harps. That's more of a hallmark thing. Whatever weapons of war that they use, this, maybe it's swords and spears and, and, and knives and, and helmets of armor, all these things, that's how they appear. And of course, this is why they always start with, don't be afraid. Because <laughs> that's terrifying. If the angel showed up as a chubby little baby, right, in the pictures, nobody would be afraid. They'd be like, oh, good to cute angel, right? No, they are, they are geared up for war, but they are bringing a message of peace. This is that, that great sort of discord that we find in the kingdom of God is, is the great and powerful becomes humble and vulnerable. And the one equipped for war says to us, peace. But the peace that comes to us that is announced to us does indeed come through war and because of war. God went to war over us. We're not the main story, the main character in the story, but we are a main character of the story. We are the ones being fought over at this point. Whatever sparked that cosmic war, whatever began all of this, now Satan has turned to afflicting us, to to taking us out. And God has said, and I will prevent this. And here's the means by which he will do so. So the cosmic war brings us to, sorry for the pun, a pregnant pause. (laughs) We're going to look at Revelation 12 verse 2. In Revelation, anyway, here we go. 12 verse 2. Uh, this woman, she was pregnant and was crying out in birth pains and the agony of giving birth. The way that the scriptures uh, show the, the vision, explaining it to John is, is like a woman who is in pain giving birth. And, and what is that pain like? Well, I've never personally experienced it, but I've seen it happen, <laughs> right? And there is this sense of the, the, they're going through something very uncomfortable, waiting and longing for that moment. Not just for the pain to end, right? You're looking forward to something. 
And, and a woman who is, who is pursuing this thing, right? And when a husband and wife are pursuing having children, they are planning, they are designing, they are then waiting for what seems like forever. And then the, the nine months, and you're so excited, you're longing, you're looking forward to this, but then all of a sudden there's this pain and discomfort, but it's, it's sort of acceptable and okay, and you deal with it and you put up with it because you know that a child will be born on the other end of this. This is the story of the Old Testament, looking forward to the birth of the child. The people were waiting and longing, but not for nine months, for thousands of years. They were looking forward to this child being born. And, and towards the end, there's always this, this uncomfortableness, this longing, this pain, but knowing that the child will be born. It's also the story of the New Testament, because we're waiting for the child to come back. We're waiting for, it's been thousands of years, we're longing and looking forward to it, and just like the first time it happened, it'll sneak right up on us, we won't see it coming, and Jesus will return. And there will be this time of of suffering and the pains of labor that is essentially our lives. The suffering that we have in our lives is like the suffering of of the woman giving birth to a child. We suffer all of our lives under the consequences of sin. Every frustration that you have is a consequence of sin. Everything that you've ever been upset about or angry about or anything that's ever hurt you or any person that's ever hurt you, or any time you've hurt another person. This is all sin running rampant. This is all part of that cosmic war where the devil is going about doing his business as he is rummaging through the world and and upturning ugly and, and terrible things in our lives. That's what the devil and his his angels are doing. That's part of the war. And and the Lord is also doing this thing where he's taking his children and hiding them away in his wilderness where they're kept safe. And that place is right here in the church. It doesn't mean that this is a place where sin doesn't happen right? doesn't mean that inside these walls, nobody ever sins or does something wrong or, or bad. That's, that's not what it means. What it means is inside of these walls, we recognize the battle. And we recognize the battle isn't fought by us against Satan. It's a battle fought by God against Satan. And, and it is it's an ugly war because we get caught up into it. We find ourselves participating far too often with the wrong team, with willfully joining up in the sin that the devil would love for us all to continue to propagate. We jump on his side and and we sin against others. We cause the harm when we do something or say something when we take our actions that cause that pain in other people, because every one of us in this room does. Everyone in this room is a sinner who does things they shouldn't do. 
That's, that's just the truth of it. We're playing on his side, taking up arms with the devil. But we come to this place together to recognize that and wage our own small battle, if you can even call it that, when we come together and we simply confess we are sinners and then are forgiven of that sin. It's, it's not even really something that we should call a battle on our part. We're not even really truly taking up any arms. We're simply laying down the arms of the evil one, our, our pride, our arrogance, our, uh, you know, whatever it is that we, that we do. We lay those things down and say, I'm not going to do this anymore. Receive the forgiveness of sins. And yeah, we'll fail. We'll do it again. But that's, but that's just the the nature of things to come back and go through this process again of confessing and receiving forgiveness. So I think that sometimes Christians put off this demeanor that we are always on the side of God, right? And in a way we are because we are always his children, but we're never doing things that are wrong, right? We're over here on this side doing good things. We're over here being in the army of God. Remember all those songs you sang as a kid? We are marching, right? You guys remember these songs, these, these Christian marching army of God songs and, and, and putting off this vibe to the world as though we don't do those things that Satan and his angels do. We do all of these things. That's just not true. Sometimes we may accidentally propagate that or, or continue that false impression I'll admit to it, but guess what that is? Sin. Anytime somebody says, the church is full of hypocrites, I go, I know. (laughs) Trust me, I know all of them. Every single one in my church, lousy sinner, terrible person. And that's why they come here. This is the place for sinners to come. It's, it's not out in the world. You won't find a remedy to this, this inclination to pick up arms and fight against your friends, your family, your loved ones, other people, and, and, and these terrible things that we're all tempted to do. You won't find a solution to that outside of these walls. The solution inside of these walls is not that we become immune to those temptations, but rather we have the solution to the temptations. So this cosmic battle that's going on is a war between between Satan, his angels, the Lord, our Savior Jesus Christ, our Father, the Creator, the Spirit. This war is happening, and we find ourselves as hostages. And, And the devil lost. And that's clearly described to us in Scripture. So then the devil takes the tactic of Shoot the hostages. It kind of makes a weird, sick sense, right? It is evil. It is terrible and awful. And that's what the devil would do. If we believe in the devil, then of course <laughs> we believe that he would do such a thing. And this is Revelation chapter 12, 13 to 14. And when the dragon saw that he had been thrown down to the church, to the earth, sorry, He pursued the woman 
who had given birth to the male child. But the woman was given the two wings of the great eagle so that she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness to the place where she is to be nourished for a time, a times, and a half time. This, this pursuing the devil does of the woman who is now the church. Like I said before, not just Mary giving birth to Jesus, but the church giving birth to her disciples. The devil, of course, pursues. And just as he pursued when Christ was born, tried to kill and destroy the Christ child, he will seek to try and kill and destroy the church. He will try and kill and destroy each and every one of us. But the same thing that happened when he pursued the Christ child will happen to us. This is the brilliance of this cosmic war because the devil, I just love this picture, circling the woman waiting for her to give birth, right? Can you just imagine if if you could see that which wasn't able to be seen, what if, and I'm just a big asterisk, I don't know if this is exactly the way it looked, but what if in that tiny little town in Bethlehem, in this little house where Mary and Joseph were, and it was so peaceful and quiet, as they had the child in the manger with Mary and Joseph and the extended family, and now there's some shepherds and some sheep outside, and it's all so peaceful. What if just beyond what we can perceive as humans, there is this dragon, this seven, ten-headed dragon that's prowling around, and there's demons and angels all on at war, just outside, and they can't even see, they don't even know. And, and the devil is clawing, trying to get through these angels, Michael and all of the archangels, trying to get his hand on the child to crush it and kill it. But it escapes to Egypt, returns later, and the devil never stops. It's always prowling, always looking, finally sees this moment of weakness where the child, now a grown man, has been nailed to a cross. He's weak, he's bleeding, he's been tortured, he he has been starved, and he's dying. And the devil knows this is my opportunity. And that dragon opens its large mouth and it goes to consume the child. The large mouth opened up like an empty tomb to just consume this ugly, terrible person, Jesus. Got him. What he couldn't do in the manger, he finally gets there with the cross and the empty tomb. And that, that open maw of the devil swallows deep this broken, beaten man, Jesus. But unbeknownst to the devil, it's a poison pill. Because what he has just swallowed up, not just a man, but rather the creator of the universe, God become flesh, And that swallowing of that poison pill where the devil raises his arms in victory. See, I have won. I killed the child. 
suddenly, three days later, that poison pill causing great internal distress as the Lord proclaims victory to those in prison pours out. And Jesus comes back out of death victorious. And this is going to be our story too. Because it's going to look like the devil wins. When you're laying on your deathbed and you're weak and you're frail and you're tired and you feel scared and alone, the same as Jesus felt on that cross, the devil will be prowling around you in the same way. Your family will be gathered around you, maybe the same way they gathered around the the Christ child, and they see peace, and they see contentment, and your, your face may be just eyes closed, soft breathing, hands being held, all saying, it is so wonderful how peacefully this person, our loved one, is passing into glory. But what if you could see the war that's going on? And as the devil finally says, I didn't get this one at birth. I didn't get this one when they were in junior high or high school or college. I pursued this one through their 20s and 30s as they had their own children. They continued to be a part of God's kingdom, but I've been waiting patiently their entire lives, circling them. The devil just circling around you to that last moment. And the devil rejoices. He says, I got this one. Wraps his arms around you to drag you to the depths of hell only to discover you disappear and ascend there to be with him instead. And he says, another one. These Christians, always trusting, always hoping in this child that defeated me in death, holding fast to this simple promise, this little so, so humble, so small, this, this hope found in this child that does indeed bring them salvation. He's seeking to kill the hostages, but in doing so, we are given eternal life. And we find ourselves coming out of that tomb on that last day the same way Jesus did, victorious. We find ourselves redeemed, We find ourselves forgiven and blessed to be celebrating today the death of the dragon, the defeat of Satan, or sometimes we call it Christmas. Amen. May the peace which surpasses human understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand to receive the blessing? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give to you his peace. Amen.